Father, thank you for this opportunity that I have to use this platform to minister grace to the people that are going to hear me. Father, I pray that everyone that hears me tonight will hear the voice of your spirit speak to them. In Jesus' name, amen. Once more, I want to welcome every one of you to the Mingle Singles Chat with Pastor Titi. And um, <clears throat> tonight, I said before, I was going to talk to you on the goodness of God. Um, that is what I wanted to talk about. But however, um, I'm being minded to share some other things with you. Um, starting from tonight, um, I want to first of all say some, I'm going to teach on some things first of all tonight that, um, are primarily are primarily directed to the brothers or to the gentlemen single gentlemen but which will also benefit the ladies and then maybe after about two or three weeks i'm going to uh, talk to ladies now what i'm going to be talking about tonight <clears throat> i'm going to be sharing with you from god's word the um, husband that pleases God. That is a very corny way of putting it. But I'm, I've been trying to think about what title to use. Because um, one thing is that a husband is a man, first of all. The, a husband is a man, first of all. And um, the, the things I'm going to be sharing about, the character traits, the character I'm going to be talking about, you don't have to be a husband to, to do them. But from the scriptures, some of the scriptures we will see, um, you find that it's God is speaking to, to a husband. So, but you, you, you shouldn't, you, why I'm talking about to you, teaching you when you are single is that if you wait until you are married before you, you, you develop this character or you exercise this character in you um, it will be too late it will be too late um, so it's it's now the the uh, the, the child is a man 
or the child is the man. You see, the man of tomorrow is a child today. So, you see, the morning, the morning uh, tells how the evening is going to be. So, um, this is what I'm trying to show you. Build this character now. Develop this character now. And how is this going to be helpful to our ladies? You, you see, un unless God tells you that is the man you should marry. If God tells you, like God told Hosea, that Goma, a lady called Goma, is the one he should marry. Um, so he had no, he had no choice. Now God does see stuff like that. For example, if God, if God sends a man to a particular city, there's, or a particular country, or a particular location, there's nothing he, he can do about it. It, it would be foolish of him to start arguing, foolish of him to start negotiating with God. When God says, this is what you do, that is what you do. For example, when God said I should come to Abelkuta, there was nothing I could do about it. Whether I liked it or not, I had to go. I had to like the place because um, it had nothing to do with me. See, but there are uh, situations where God gives you a choice. When I, when I was getting, ma um, the, getting married, God didn't say, oh, marry Pastor and wife. Or as she was then, uh, and why, sister, and why? God didn't say that is who you should marry. No, no, no. Um, I observed her. I, 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 I observed there are things I observed and I saw in her that I, I liked and I wanted that. I, I wanted that for the person I will marry. And I, I, incidentally, when I first spoke to, when I spoke to her, she said no. But thank God I had a man of God who also agreed that that's who I should marry. And he directed me and he spoke to her. Thank God for Pastor Chris. But so what I'm telling you, ladies, the character I'm going to be talking about, look out for it in anybody who is close to you or even if it's somebody you are interested in. Because you, you see someone just the same way that Ruth um, and Naomi, they saw Boaz and Ruth wanted to marry Boaz. She, they observed him. They observed him. They looked at the kind of person he was and what he was bringing to the table. So you should observe the character of the guy. Observe the character of the guy. It's not just anybody uh, because he's good looking or whatever. Uh, it's a Christian and he, he seems spiritual. You, 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 spirituality is a word. You have to look at the content. The content of the person. So that's what I'm going to be talking to you about tonight. But we're looking at it from, first of all, from the side of the gentleman. Now, I'm going to tell you some character that you should have, but not in any particular order of importance. Because one is not more important than the other. They are all from God's word. So, if I say number one, you know, I'm not saying the most important thing. I'm just listing out things. 
Okay, so let's start first of all with Mark chapter 10. Mark chapter 10 in verse 6. But from the beginning of the creation, God made them male and female. But from the beginning of the creation, God made them male and female. For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother and cleave to his wife, and they twain shall be one flesh. So then they are no more twain but one flesh. And they too shall be one flesh. So that there are no more two but one flesh. But I, I want you to see verse 7. For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother. So I want to first say, but not in order of importance, not in order of priority, but just to list it out. One, independence. Independence. A husband must be independent. Independent of his father, his mother. Um, the Bible says he shall leave his father and his mother. He will leave them. He will leave them. Now, I'm not saying that the if let's say you're working with your in the family business, you should come out of the family business, you know, but you shouldn't be living at home. You should not be living at home. By the time you are getting married, you should have left your parents' house. Your mom is not the one doing your laundry. Your mom is not the one doing your cooking. Your father is, you see, if you have been paid a salary, from the company, if it's owned by the family, if it's owned by your dad, you have been paid a salary, yes. But your dad should not be giving you an allowance, should no longer be on an allowance. Now that's independence of body, but you also be independent of mind. Of mind. Your parents don't solve your problems. You solve your problems. You solve your challenges. You don't take your challenges to your parents to sort out for you. Independence is a very important sign that you are a husband. There's one what we'll see later called leadership where the scripture says that the husband is the head of the wife. The husband is the head of the wife. You cannot be the head of your spouse when you are still intertwined with your parents. You see, um, uh, Isaac, um, when he wanted Jacob to get married, he told Jacob where to go to, but Jacob had to leave the house. He had to leave the family. He became independent. We see the life of Joseph also. Joseph, the son of Jacob. He became independent. 
when God wanted to use him, he had to separate him from his parents. Same thing with Jesus Christ. Even at the age of 12, Jesus already independent-minded. He said it was about his heavenly father's business. See, I'm not talking about a sharp separation. Uh, um, a, 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 a quarreling separation. But it should be mutual. You must detach yourself. You must detach yourself. Not comparing yourself or comparing your home with the home of your parents. Your parents can't just come to your house and enter everywhere. Enter your kitchen, enter your bedroom, enter everywhere as if they still own the place or they own you. Independence. Ladies, you must not marry someone that is dependent. You can't marry dependent. Somebody who is dependent on his, on his parents or dependent on his sibling or dependent on his uncle. You must marry a man that is on his own two feet. Two feet. Taking his decisions by himself. You see, the scripture says that in the mode of counsel, there's safety. It's not, it's not referring to many people advising you. He's only saying that take counsel. And the best counsel is from the word. Then he says, okay, that's later. We'll talk about that later. Then number two. Number two, Ephesians in chapter five. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 22. Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church and is the savior of, of the body. Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. Now, even though... This is talking to the wives. But I want us to look at verse 23. The husband is the head of the wife. So what am I, what am I bringing out here? Leadership. Leadership. A husband must be a leader. A husband must be a leader. What does, what is it about leadership? Leadership is not talking about someone who makes the decisions. That's where a lot of men miss it. Leadership is someone who has a, a, a destination. There is a destination and you know how to get to that destination. You know how to get to that destination. So you are taking those who are following you to a destination. Ladies, don't marry a man that just has ambition. Marry a man that knows where he's going to. He knows where he's going to. He has a clear-cut knowledge, not an idea. He has a definite, defined knowledge of where he wants to be. And where he wants to be is where he's taking you to. Where he's taking you to. Don't marry an adventurer. Don't marry Christopher Columbus or a Mongo Park. 
somebody who wants to just sail the seas to discover new worlds. You're not in the discovery of new worlds. You're on a journey to a place. A journey to a defined and definite place. So you've got to know where your life is going to. Where is your life going to? Where are you heading to? So I'm talking to ladies and I'm talking to the guys. Where are you heading to? Where is your destination? Where is your destination? Having, saying, oh, I'm going to have three kids, two boys, one girl. It's not a destination. It's not a destination. It's not a destination. And just saying that, oh, I'm going to make it in this life. I'm going to be so rich. It's not a destination. When? You, you, you know, so if, you're going to, if, you're, if I'm going to London, for example, I know when I'm arriving there. And I know what I'm going to do when I get there. I know what I'm going to accomplish when I get there. I know what I'm going to become. I knew what I was going to be when I was 50 years old. Like now, I'm about 54. I know what I'm going to be when I'm 60, if the Lord tarries. But then I also have a destiny of the rapture of the church. And I know that I'm going to, when the rapture happens, I'm going to give an account of my stewardship here on earth. And so, what is what account am I going to give? What has the Lord given me to do? What I have to also know, since I'm the head of my wife, I'm her head, what is she supposed to do? As a leader, I have to guide her and help her reach her own destination. What kind of man are you, man? Oh, we're going to do the work of the Lord together. We're going to pastor together. What kind of pastor are you going to be? What kind of church are you going to do? What kind of function are you going to have in the house of God? What is your destiny? What is your destiny? You must know what your destiny is and what his destiny is because two of you are going to work together. And remember, you are helping him to achieve what's going to be achieved. Is it all about him? What is your, for example, the, a managing director knows what his chief accountant is going to be. What is the role he's going to play? If it's all about the managing director, that company is going to fold up because that's selfishness. Selfishness. What's your wife going to be? What's your wife going to be? Is she going to be someone like just cooking and sitting down at home? You have to know. And you have to know the sincerity of this man that you are going with. How, what kind of integrity does he have? Does he keep his word? Does he keep his word? If he makes a promise, does he back it up? If he makes a pledge, does he back it up? How does he keep his word to his parents? How does he keep his word to his friends? How does he keep his word to you? Are you a priority in his life? You've got to know at this time. Okay. Let's, let's move on. Next is Proverbs chapter 31. 
Proverbs chapter 31. Verse 10. This is very crucial. Now I'm talking about this concerning husband and wife. Building a character. Building a character. First I said independence. Independence. That independence also refers to his financial habits. Financial habits. Is it dependent on the salary? Now let me tell you something very important. Someone who is not entrepreneurial, you are going to live a very hand-to-mouth existence. Because you're not meant to depend on your salary. So if you meet a man who is trying to just live according to his pay, what about months that there's no pay? The law doesn't guarantee us that we always have a job because it's the one that supplies us. So there are times of testing that will come when the, the flow of money might not be as it is. What is it going to do? How is your marriage going to be like? What kind of a man is it going to be at that time? Is he a man that is dependent on the salary? Is he creative to get other sources of income? Is it depend on what people are going to give him? In other words, is he lazy? A lazy man is not independent. He's not independent. A man who just depends on his salary is not independent. He's going to be is dependent on the on the on the of the income that he has from his job. See, so that's something I said. The first one, independence. Um, the second one, leadership. Leadership. Then the third character I want to talk about is in Proverbs 31 from verse 10. Who can find a virtuous woman? For her prize is far above rubies. The heart of the husband doth safely trust in her so that he shall have no need of spoil. You'll be wondering, where is pastor going to get something from here? Verse 11. The heart of the husband doth safely trust in her. Um, this third one, I don't know. I, I'm trying to look for a, a good way of, um, of phrasing it. Of phrasing it. I'm talking about a man without trust issues. A man without trust issues. Many men have trust issues. Trust. They find it challenging to trust people. People. Then secondly, they find it especially challenging to trust a woman. To trust a woman. Um, men that ask questions a lot. Ask questions a lot. Ask for reasons a lot. They have problems with trust. Now I'm just generalizing. Might not be so with everybody that asks questions. Let me tell you this. This, as I said, I, I, I was not talking to you in order of priority or order of importance because this is a very important thing. Lack of trust Lack of trust is a married killer. 
is a marriage killer. Lack of trust. When you get, when you get married to someone, there is nothing that justifies being suspicious. Being suspicious. So that's why I would advise that suspicion, where there's suspicion, before marriage, you have to just not get in there. Don't go with a suspicious woman. Don't go with a suspicious man. And then, if you're going to have a good marriage, you've got to develop trust. And the only way you can develop trust is to develop trust in God. You see, that's one of the reasons I want to talk to you about the goodness of God. You have to trust that God is good to you. Is good to you. And that no matter what happens to you, that his word is at work in your life. You see, even if I'm betrayed, all things work together for me. I've seen in the scriptures the betrayal of God's people, of God's men, by friends, by close associates. You see how David was betrayed by his son Absalom. We see how David was betrayed by Saul. We see how Joseph was betrayed by his brothers. But in everything, God's people that trusted in him always came out on top. Always came up on top. Look, don't develop any habit of checking people's phones. It, it destroys you. Destroys you. Don't check the phone of your spouse. Don't check the phone of your staff. Don't check the phone of your kid. It's very far away. When your kids have... I don't check my kids. I don't, my daughter is 16. You know my son, William, is in his 20s. I've never ever taken William's phone to go through it. I've never taken Andrew's phone to go through it. I've never taken Evelyn's phone to go through it. But I pray for them constantly. Even if they make a mistake. Even if they go in the direction they shouldn't go. The God who I who myself is in them, is working on them. Trust. But don't go with someone who has trust issues. Oh, my, I had an aunt who had such and such experience. I have an uncle who had such and such experience. I had a friend who had such and such experience. Once you hear, hear, see people with baggage like that, be on your guard. But, if, but what about if God has told you to marry somebody like that? Don't try to change the person. Intercede. Intercede for the person. Don't try to, you see, um, your words, unless those words are, they come by the Holy Spirit, it will not make a difference. It, can, it might only worsen the situation. So you pray. You pray. You don't pray and say, oh God, give me the words to speak. 
No, no, no. You don't have to be the person to change that. God is a master strategist. The Spirit of God is a master strategist. He's a teacher. What I would say, get the person into the Word. Just get him into the Word. Don't try to start giving him materials that would deal with those trust issues. No. Get him to discover the Word. Get him to discover the Gospel. Get him to discover Jesus. You see, when a person is filled with the fullness of God, there is no place for carnality of the flesh. Trust issues are flesh issues. Amen. So, let's go on. Let's go on. Next, I would say we should go to 1 Timothy. 1 Timothy in chapter 4, verse 7. The Apostle Paul speaking to Timothy said, But refuse profane and old wives' fables, and exercise thyself rather unto godliness. For bodily exercise profited little, but Godliness is profitable unto all things, having promise of the life that now is and of that which is to come. Godliness. Godliness. What is godliness? Godliness is being pious. Be pious. Now, godliness is actually um, from Greek culture. And when people use that word, they refer to behaving in a matter that is ascribed to gods. Behaving in a, ma in a manner, behaving in a, in a, with a character that is ascribed to gods. So it, it referred to um, outward behavior. And when the ancient Greeks used it, they were referring to people that observed religious practices. Um, prayers to the gods, keeping of uh, festivals of the gods, sacrifices to God, to the gods. You know, people that were, um, what these days we call religious. So the Apostle Paul is saying that a Christian should exercise himself in this state. Prayers. Keeping to prayers. We saw it in the life of Daniel. Daniel was godly. He prayed. He was known to pray. He had times of prayer. Ladies, when you want to marry a, a guy, don't marry a guy because he's fun. So this guy is bubbling. This guy knows how to treat a woman right. That's foolish. 
Does he pray? Does he pray? When he's around you, when you're around him, do you notice him prayer? When you're in his, in his car, if he has a car, what kind of music is he playing? Does he listen to messages? What does he talk about? Does he talk about his partnership? His sponsorship of the gospel? What kind of questions does he ask you? Do people even get to discuss scriptures? There are people who discuss films. Oh, have you watched Matrix? Have you watched Matrix Reloaded? Have you watched uh, uh, Wakanda? Wakanda, whatever, whatever. Have you watched Captain America? Have you watched this? Have you watched that? Have you watched Wonder Woman? You know, they discuss movies. What does he discuss with you? What books is he reading? What does he discuss with you? Oh, we discuss how many children we have, what kind of financial plan. That is beautiful. That is beautiful. But what about the spiritual life? What about the spiritual life? Does he observe things like cell meeting? Does he go, is he in a cell group? Is he in a cell group? Or is everything he's doing virtual? It's in a virtual cell. He attends virtual church. Everything is virtual. The only thing that is not virtual is that his business is not virtual. And then he also likes taking you out. He doesn't do virtual, virtual dinner. People will go, Take away to go. Ah, there's a new restaurant in town. Let's go and try. Have you eaten Chinese food? Have you eaten Vietnamese food? Have you eaten Thai food? Ah, there's a place that has very, very good offensala. Is that all? You know, there are people who know the best food joints in town. Does he have PCDL? If he has PCDL, is he a gold member? Now when I'm telling you the ladies, I'm talking to you guys. The Bible says, exercise yourself unto godliness. It's an exercise. Fasting is an exercise. Is it like the same way you train? You, you have a trainer or you train, you have an exercise routine. You jog three times a day and three times a week. You go to the gym, you know, three times a week for workout on the treadmill. Then the other four times, you are lifting weights. What are you doing? How many times a week do you fast? Say, Pastor, times a week to fast. What about your diet? Your spiritual diet? Oh, you watch, you are eating vegetables, you are eating fruits, you are making sure that you have intake of fruits, and every day you must take so and so glasses of water. The Bible describes God's word as water. Is there are there specific number of chapters you read in a day? Or are you doing rhapsody takeaway? You know, take away fast food that you eat in the car. Is that how you do your rhapsody? Fast food that you do in the car. No. 
So I said godliness. Godliness is a characteristic that you must develop and which you must watch to see that you have. The next one, um, now a lot of these, these scriptures, I could have chosen other ones, but I'm picking out scriptures that, that relate to, to marriage. So for the next one, I, I want to read to you. Proverbs in chapter 31. Proverbs in chapter 31, in verse 28. Her children rise up and call her blessed. Her husband also, and he praised her. Do you know that many people don't know how to show appreciation? You don't know how to show appreciation. Thank you. Oh, you are too much. Oh, you are an excellent person. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. I'm grateful. I appreciate you. You don't know how to do it. Why? Because a lot of parents don't show appreciation to their children. They force their children to say, thank you. Say, thank you, mommy. Thank you, mommy. Say, thank you, mommy. You know, there are some children that are quite stubborn from childhood. Say, thank you, mommy. Say, thank you, mommy. If you don't say thank you, mommy, I will slap you. Then you will slap me. Both So, from childhood, he's used to being forced to show appreciation. And so, the earliest age he gets to, he doesn't show appreciation to people. He doesn't want to say thank you. He doesn't want to say please. He doesn't want to praise. He's so competitive that he sees some, everything as a competition. He doesn't appreciate other guys. He feels threatened when other guy is his 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 friend is being close to another guy. Why are you thanking him? It's not his work. Even if it is his work, learn to say thank you. Learn to say thank you. Learn to appreciate people. Learn to appreciate people. Say thank you. Ladies, let me tell you this. Don't go with a guy. Just uh, that uh, money, romantic, be romantic, overshadows people's thinking to notice such things. A lot of people who don't show appreciation, they are angry people, difficult to please. Difficult to please. Those are not the kind of people that I will, I will advise for you to settle with your life. And for guys, develop it. Not just to say it, but to actually appreciate what people do for you. Appreciate what people do for you. When you go to a, a gas station, a petrol station, the attendant that pumps 
fuel into your car. Say thank you. I appreciate it. I appreciate the little things that people do for you. Be profuse with your thanks. When you go and buy stuff, even in the little uh, neighborhood store, you buy a packet of noodles, learn to say thank you. Please, I'd like us to take a break here. I'll be back in about 5-10 minutes. Something I've got to do. Alright. So, I just talked. Thank you. Thank you everybody for your patience. I just had to attend to something here. I will back on because my I'm still seeing the card in my okay. I was talking about, I just been talking about appreciation, gratitude, expressing gratitude. Uh, I, some of us uh, had parents, especially dads, no, let us say parents, dads that were grouchy. They're grouchy. <laughs> grouchy. My dad wasn't like that anyway. I was very blessed to have a very friendly father. All right. <clears throat> uh, there's one I'm going to read now. Next one. From 1 Corinthians in chapter 7. First Corinthians chapter 7. Verse 3. Let the husband render unto the wife due benevolence, and likewise also the wife unto the husband. Now, this passage is what we call in literature is didactic. Some people call it didactic. I call it didactic. Because it has, it's like a double or tongue. Uh, it's talking about two things. It's talking about the wife, the husband should have sexual relationship with his wife. And the wife should do the same to the husband. But the word actually used there, benevolence, in the Greek, uh, it's not something I can pronounce easily. So I'm not going to even try. It actually means being kind. Being kind. Kindness. Um, some translations actually use the word affectionate. Ladies, if you don't have a hard time in your marriage, <laughs> don't go with someone that is not affectionate. There are people who, the same thing with guys, with a lady. So train yourself to be affectionate. Train yourself to be, this is not just, this is beyond kindness actually. It's beyond kindness to be affectionate. 
to endearing. Endearing. Um, choice of names. To have a special name. To um, to smile, smile, to, to project affection, affection. There are people that are not affectionate. They're not affectionate. Um, to touch, not touch in a sexual manner. I hug a lot. I know I hug a lot. I love hugging people. Whether you are male or you are female. A lot of times, when people stretch their hands to say hello to me, even males, I hug them. I hug a lot. I'm a very, I, 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 I like being affectionate. I like, I like giving gifts. Something I train myself to. To, when I go somewhere, I see things, you know, things that will, uh, actually people who help me who are helpful. Like when I, when I go somewhere, some of my, some of my staff who work with me, who like Pastor Zoe, Pastor Charity, Pastor Adiola, you know, Pastor, I, I, things like, even little things like chewing gum. Chewing gum, uh, perfumes, um, uh, treats, treats. You know, especially people who are helpful to you. People who are helpful to you. Be affectionate. Be affectionate. Now, I didn't even mention my, my kids. Even though some of them are no more kids, like William is not a kid anymore, Andrew. But you think about people. You somehow out of the blue just send somebody a nice hello. The affection. You see, because if you're not affectionate now, you will not be affectionate to your spouse. You don't have affection to your spouse. And your, your affection will only be, even some people are not even, some spouses are not even affectionate um, romantically. Affection is not something you just switch on and switch off. It's either you are like that or not. But it's something you should train yourself to be. Train yourself to be. Don't be a grouch. There are people you see, there are some people I see, I don't feel like, but I just want them to know how much I'm happy to see them. And I just give a very good smile. Or I can just tell somebody I've missed you. You know, too many times people want to be as if I don't want somebody to think that they are that important or whatever. Why wouldn't you want people to know they are important to you? Especially if they're important to you. Huh? Be affectionate. Be affectionate. 
develop it. Guys develop affection, showing affection is not a sign of weakness. Here it says, do you know that the scriptures even tell us to be, let me see if I can get. Hope I can get the reference. Yeah, I got it. Romans in chapter 12, verse 9, verse 10. He said, be kindly affection one to another with brotherly love. Be kindly affection. Be kindly affection one to another with brotherly love. That folks, I just don't, they just, they just quarrel everywhere they go. They just quarrel everywhere they go. One of the things that disappoint me really a lot in, in married people is when they're obviously not affectionate towards each other. There's no affection. There's no affection. And often is the guys. Often it's, it's the guys. But I'm not saying all guys are like that. So that's why it's important to build it into your character. To be affectionate. To be affectionate. Next. Loyalty. Loyalty. To be loyal. And committed. I put these two together because in getting the scripture that concerning married folks that it will go together. Uh, first Corinthians, let's go back to that first Corinthians in chapter seven in verse four. The wife hath not power of her own body, but the husband. And likewise also the husband had not power of his own body but the wife. Defraud ye not one the other except if ye will consent for a time that ye may give yourselves to pray, fasting and prayer and come together again that Satan tempts you not for your incontinency. So it's talking here about um Yielding. Yielding yourself. So it's important for uh, to be committed. Not because of how you feel. Commitment. Commitment. I, I, I was reading, uh, I was just studying, uh, something I do every week. I study biographies of people that have made impact, impactful people, whether they are Christians or not. I, every week I read biographies online. And then the, last week I, I was reading on some folks and some of them married four times, five times, three times. 
And I was saying to myself, these guys have no loyalty. These guys have no loyalty. No commitment. Look, four times, five times. Four times, five times. Three times. It wasn't even the spouse died. Some married for two years. Five years. How can you... <laughs> How can you tell by the fifth person? Are you telling the person I love you? You certainly don't love her. You certainly don't love her. You must train yourself. You must exercise. You must develop, your, develop yourself to be loyal. To be loyal. Let me, I want to tell you a story. Psalm 15 from verse 1. Interesting. Lord, who shall abide in your tabernacle? Who shall dwell in your holy hill? He that walketh uprightly and walketh righteousness and speaketh the truth in his heart. I want to take note of this, of this word. He that backbiteth not with his tongue nor doeth evil to his neighbor. Now look at it. He said, he's describing that the person who will stay in God's tabernacle, that will dwell in his holy hill, he nor take up a reproach against his neighbor, in whose eyes a vile person is contempt, but he honoreth them that fear the Lord. What I want you to see is that last part. He that sweareth to his own heart and changeth not. He that sweareth to his own heart and changeth not. There was a minister friend of ours. He's still in this ministry. He's a senior minister in this ministry. Um, he got engaged to a lady. And surprisingly, he didn't talk to pastor about it. He didn't talk to Pastor Chris about it. I knew this lady that he got engaged to. This lady was very beautiful, but very unspiritual. But she was beautiful. She had a damn good shape. Um, lovely. But both of them were not on, they were not on the same spiritual wavelength at all. After he got engaged, this lady turned out to be so, her temper was something else. So, this brother, this minister, was a minister, not even a brother, was a pastor. He wanted to tell Pastor Chris about this situation. And Pastor told him straight, said, you made a mistake. You shouldn't have anything to do with this girl. You cannot marry this girl. But after Pastor said all those, Pastor now told him. He said, but you cannot break this relationship. You must not break this relationship. And then he said, you must not behave in a way that would make her break the relationship. Ha! So he said, Pastor, but what am I going to do? His pastor now opened this passage to her. To him, he said, 
She honoreth them that fear the Lord. She that sweareth to his own heart and changeth not. In other words, you make a vow. You, you take a pledge. You've made a pledge. You've made a commitment. And be, because of that commitment, it has put you to a disadvantage. It has hurt you. That's why I said, if you get married, even if you meet your wife in bed with another man, don't divorce. Don't move out. Don't treat your wife despicably. What the man Joseph in the Bible, the, the supposed father of Jesus Christ, Joseph the carpenter. The Bible says when he found that Mary, his betrothed, was pregnant, the Bible says he didn't want to put her away publicly because he was a just man, a righteous man. He didn't want to disgrace her, even though he was entitled to that. Because he thought that Mary had been involved in fornication or adultery because she was pregnant. And she was supposed to be a virgin. So, if your wife is having an affair, don't break it. But when are you going to develop yourself? Is my battery down? Eh? When are you going to? It's now that you practice it. Oh, but pastor is going to take advantage of me. Listen. In this case, pastor said, the Lord is seeing what's happened. You will not marry that lady. So what happened? This gentleman, this pastor, he continued with his whole heart as before. But one day, this lady, something happened. Very, the guy, it was not even the guy, the guy did not do anything wrong. She just flew into her, one of her rages and wrote him a stinker. Oh, the letter was bad. Re I mean, this man was her pastor. Said all kind of unprintable things about him and told him that the relationship is over. It's ended. He immediately got it. He knelt down and said, Father, thank you. You have opened the door for me. I have escaped from the snare. Immediately, he said, okay, the relationship is over. Changed the locks of his house. Changed everything. So, normally, he would go begging and apologize. Lady waited one day. Remember, there was no GSM in this day. First day, he didn't come to her house. Second day, third day, fourth day, about a week. She went to his house. Everything had changed. She went to his office. Ah, ah, sweetheart, what happened? She said, we are not sweethearts anymore, sister, so and so. Ah, why? What's the matter? She said, we've broken up. How can? Broken up. You wrote me that you are broken up. Ah, but I was angry now. Yeah, but you broke up. 
She begged. She sent her parents to beg. Her mom, rather, to beg. She sent... She finally went to Pastor Chris. And table the matter. Pastor said, Are you serious? Oh, no, 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 no. He said he's not interested again. Ha! Ah, did you beg him? He said, Pastor, I've been begging. I've been begging. Say, what did he say? Say he's not interested again, sir. He said he's not interested again now. What? There's nothing wrong with anybody. Pastor, please help me. He said he's not interested. I spoke to him. He said he's not interested again. So take heart. Next time, don't, don't write this kind of letter. Don't do you know? That's how the matter ended. <laughs> she didn't know she had been set up by the Holy Spirit and Pastor Chris. But what I want to see is you as the man. You are a just man. Say, Pastor, this thing is hard. Then I always tell you, if you can't live in this scripture, then don't marry. Don't marry. Uh, on the last day, on the last day, only true. <laughs> Please, I'm not going to the old times, but <laughs> I was just, just kidding. <laughs> The final one I'm going to because it's already half past the hour and by 10 we'll be praying Pastor Chris life. But I just want us to look at this. Ephesians chapter 5 is like continuation of what we just read. So, chapter 5 verse 28. So men ought to love their bodies as their wives as their own body. He that loveth his wife loveth himself. For no man ever yet hated his own flesh, but nourisheth and cherisheth it even as he loved the church. Question. Have you ever been offended by a part of your body? Yes. Have you not mistakenly put your finger into your eye? Yes, you have. Has you, have you not done some things to yourself? When you are shaving, you cut yourself. When you are eating, you beat your tongue. Did you? Did you? Did you say tongue? Get out! You didn't. You stayed with yourself. In fact, you take care of yourself. No matter how any part of yourself that is that you feel is not okay, you try to beautify it because you love yourself. You cover up your nakedness. You cover up your shame. You cover up your embarrassment with clothes and with makeup. Even guys, we use makeup. We try to beautify ourselves. The same thing. So this last one, well, this final one I just told you, is where I will end now and will continue from there next Monday. Love. Love. Love in that 
nobody cuts off his human parts that he doesn't like. You are committed to your body. You are committed to your body. You, no matter how old you get, you are committed to your body. My face wasn't like this when I was 24, 25. I was lean, hard. But now I have a double chin. But I didn't, I didn't tear off my neck. Even if I do cosmetic surgery, it is because I want to beautify it. The same thing. You train yourself, you exercise yourself in loyal love, committed love, committed friendship. Love covered a multitude of sins. How are you training yourself? Do you repeat stories of your friends that offended you? Do you tell people, other people, the offenses that you experienced? The embarrassing things that people you know did? Do you, do you make jokes at the expense People that know you. There are foolish people who talk about their parents on social media. Talk bad about their families on social media. Because they want to help other people. That are that. How can I, how can I go? Do you shame yourself on social media? To help other people who are in your position? Say, you go on social media and say, uh, I want to help people who uh, have big neighbor. Because my own neighbor is very big and very ugly. So I want to talk to people how to live with big neighbor, embarrassing neighbor. My neighbor is very embarrassed. Or I want to talk to people who have body odor. So because me, I have body odor, I'm always smelling. Even me, I'm ashamed of my smell. So I want to tell people how to live with smell. Nobody does that. <laughs> oh, guys, you know, guys, guys are very, very touchy about um, their their private part. So I want to help people who who are not well endowed, who who are small. Because that's how I am, very embarrassing. I'm ashamed of myself. Nobody goes to talk about his, his deficiencies. Deficiencies in public. Have you ever seen somebody whose eyes are cross-eyed? Everybody knows he's cross-eyed. You know, when he's looking that way, you think he's looking at you or something. Then I want to go and talk to people to be able to leave this. Nobody. You, 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 you cover yourself. You cover the things that are embarrassing to you. That's how love is with your spouse. And it's before marriage you train yourself to be discreet, to cover the nakedness of people who are close to you. To cover them. To cover them. You don't want to We will continue with that from here next week. Thank you for being a part of the Mingle Singles Chat with Pastor Titi for, for tonight. We'll continue again next Monday.
hopefully by 8 p.m. GMT plus one. At this time, I want us to give an offering to God. The Lord told me to do this, so I'm going to keep on doing it all the time. Give an offering to God. The details on the screen, whether you want to use um, my church account or you want to use the um, Mingle Hangout um, King Spain. Let's do it. Father, thank you for the opportunity to share your word. Thank you, Lord, for those who are able to and they are willing to give an offering. Lord, you asked me to do this and that is why I'm doing it because you told me what to do with what they give. And Lord, I pray over everyone that did it. I pray over their giving. And I pray that it's, it, you multiply, it is multiplied over everything that it is used because I know specifically what you said it should be used for, to further your gospel, to break in pieces poverty in the lives of people around the world. Father, I thank you. The word that I've spoken to them, it's living and active, and it produces in them your intention, your plan, your purpose for their lives. Father, thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for being a part of tonight's chat. And I really appreciate it for us to be able to spend the first 30, 45 minutes to answer questions. If you have questions, send them on time. Um, I do not think it is appropriate for me to answer questions that are sent on the spot of the moment. It doesn't give me enough time to look at them and to answer them in depth the way that would be defined not just to you, but to everyone that hears me talk about them. So, Send your questions on time. I really would appreciate it. God bless you for hanging out with me tonight. God bless you. I love you. Have a beautiful night. Goodbye.